0: Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every podcast. While the science aligns on what's healthy for a baby's brain development, When it comes to how to care for our babies, there's a seemingly endless supply of competing perspectives. Parents are swimming in advice on sleep, feeding, and parenting philosophies. In this season of the podcast, we aim to provide a variety of curated perspectives so you can make informed choices for your family. Many new parents struggle with decisions around learning outside of the home. When is the right age? Is daycare the answer? Preschool? And if extended family isn't available or other help isn't affordable, do you keep them at home while also juggling work and all the other responsibilities? And then there's the decision of what learning philosophy to follow. Nikki Johnson is our guest today. She struggled with these decisions and landed on a homeschooling arrangement that aligns with Montessori. In addition to homeschooling her four-year-old Marley, she is an attorney and entrepreneur, She's also behind the Instagram account, Cultured Montessorian. We examined Montessori from a modern lens, from screen time to clutter. I started our conversation by asking her what went into her decision to homeschool.
1: So for us, it was mainly the pandemic. We just are still very uncomfortable with sending her back into like an in-person learning atmosphere. Um, The numbers in our area are just too high and we just really felt better keeping her at home. Um, we've, you know, quite candidly thought about hiring someone part time to come in to kind of help me a little bit so that I can have more time for work. But again, we're just uncomfortable with having anybody else in our little bubble right now. Um, and then also with you know, Marley, needs she was diagnosed with sensory processing disorder um, late last year. So when she was about two and a half, um, close to three, and keeping her home and being able to tailor everything to fit her very unique needs just feels better for us. And it feels, it feels right. You know, we're big on trusting our gut when it comes to parenting and keeping her home during this sensitive period just felt right for our family.
0: And then you needed to make a decision on kind of what philosophy would guide you. What makes Montessori a good fit for your daughter?
1: Um, So Montessori, it was something that we always wanted to do. um, And we felt it was a good fit just because of how it nurtures the whole child and takes into account every developmental phase and then that it's child-led. So the children are actually kind of telling us, this is what I'm ready to learn. And these are the skills that I have right now. And we're responding to that and really, you know, again, just letting them lead their their learning process. Um, The reason that we didn't go for an in-person Montessori program before we started homeschooling, was just, you know, frankly, we couldn't find one that had Black people who were doing more than serving food or cleaning up. And that's something that's also important to us, having cultural representation in every part of her learning environment.
0: You know, I think that there are some ways that Montessori can benefit children of color specifically, because you've talked about that in in why you chose Montessori for educating Marley. Mm-hmm. So this gap is really especially frustrating, I'm I'm, you know, I'm sure for you. And so can you talk about what ways Montessori does benefit children of color specifically?
1: Yeah. So from my perspective, the fact that these children are being taught to one trust their instincts um to to just be confident in everything that they do and everything is just centered in so much you know joy and appreciation for the little things in life um, from my perspective that helps build resiliency
0: you know i think so many of us are inspired by montessori for for many different reasons it's often perceived as being a major time commitment. So how do you do this? How do you carve out time from your clearly very busy schedule of being an entrepreneur, having your own legal practice and homeschooling Marley? We want to know all the the (laughs) details.
1: (laughs) Um, So I think it definitely isn't a major time commitment. Um, It's been a major time and financial commitment for our family. Um, The way that I've done it is once we made the commitment that we were gonna do this at home for at least the next two years until she's six, um I decided that I needed some help. I needed a professional to you know swoop in and tell me exactly what to do because as capable and as smart as I think I am, I cannot learn a decade worth of training overnight. And so, one of the things that I did was I hired a coach, someone whose professional career, you know, pre-COVID was in Montessori schools and training Montessori teachers and developing curriculums. And she taught me um, how to implement all of that at my home, Um, and she kind of tailored the program to meet our needs. So she taught me basically exactly what I needed to know and nothing extra. Um, Everything from Uh, How to source materials, what websites are going to give me which quality, what things I can use today and things that I might still be using in two years so that I could decide what to buy and what to make. Um, The amount of time that I could realistically expect to have to dedicate to Marley's lessons. Are they really going to take me no longer than 15 minutes a day or am I going to be spending four hours a day? Um, So that really helped me put things into perspective. Another thing is that I have the the luxury of being full-time self-employed. And so I get to dictate my schedule. Um, A lot of times what that means is I'm working early in the morning before she wakes up. And then I'm putting in another few hours at night after she goes to bed so that I can have my quiet time to just kind of focus on work without any distractions. Um, And then I also have a very supportive partner who essentially goes along with whatever I say we're doing for Marley. He completely trusts you know, my decisions that I'm making for her. So say I want to homeschool her and keep working. He's like, okay, what do you need from me? And sometimes that looks like he's taking a day off every couple of months so that he can take care of Marley while I get work done. Um, or maybe on the weekend, he's the primary caregiver and I'm holed up in the office doing all the work that I didn't get to do during the previous week. It's it's really a juggling act. Um, I think I'm just lucky to really have such a supportive partner. And I've really had to release all my expectations of, one, what I can do, um, how much time it takes me to do certain things, um, and what I'm going to, I guess, just really allow to, to dictate my happiness. Um, so am I going to be sad and upset that I didn't do all 50 things on my to-do list or am I going to be okay with just getting three things done knowing that I got to educate my kid in the way that I want to educate her.
0: That is really inspiring grounding for so many of us. Lots of brain growth happens in the first three years of life, but how much of who we become is predetermined by our genetics? And how much is based on our early experiences? According to neuroscientists, it boils down to about 50-50. 50% 50 genetics and 50% environment. But what exactly is this environment? What makes for an environment that is enriching for little brains? At Lovevery, we have brought together experts from all fields of early childhood development to answer this question. Neuroscientists, Montessori experts, occupational therapists, and speech therapists. For every stage from birth to age four, we have just the right activities, tools, and information so you can feel confident you are giving your child the very best start. And you referenced on this thread, you referenced some websites that you use with Marley. Where do you come down on screen time for her and how this fits in or doesn't fit in with Montessori?
1: Um. One, I am of the belief that it's 2021. My four-year-old needs to know how to use a tablet. She needs to know about the cell phones and the Zooms and the FaceTime. This is the reality that she lives in. Um, So she's going to have these things and she's going to know how to use them. And it's up to us as her parents to implement the limits that we need to implement. She's using her tablet right now because I need this time to be quiet without interruption. And as long as she doesn't have her tablet or isn't in front of the TV, you know, all day, every day, when she gets this, you know, an hour to her is like unlimited, it's the whole day. So when she gets a time like this, it's it's a treat, she's excited, you know, I got her french fries and she's got her tablet, she is on top of the world. Um, It wouldn't be like that if she had her tablet 24 seven. I also think about her developmental needs Um, for my particular child, if she has a screen for more than an hour or two a day, she's going to have trouble sleeping. Um, she's going to have some tantrums when I take it away or if she can't use it the next day. So we just try to implement, you know, age appropriate limits, but we also keep in mind that the technology is a part of her world in a way that it wasn't a part of ours.
0: And are there any other ways that you've interpreted Montessori through this more modern lens? Like, what other ways have you kind of made it your own?
1: Um, I think that the true Montessorians probably won't like this. Um, but I try to think of you know, Montessori in the way that Dr. Montessori did it. You know, she she didn't have the materials. The materials are something that, you know, are more modern. That's something that that we created as we as the the practice evolved over time. Um so I am very much like Marley's not getting a completely a separate kitchen. She's gonna use the kitchen in the house. We're just gonna make it accessible to her. So she has her her little spool that she can climb on and you know she's using maybe a toaster oven, but we're not having like a you know the water dispenser on the play kitchen with all of that stuff that's completely separate and independent. Um I we don't do, you know, you get your own whole space in the house. Um, it's just that we make the other spaces in the house accessible to you. Um, another thing, um, I try to incorporate you know, like real life stuff that I don't remember being taught into Marley's world. So, for example, we talk about investments. Uh, we have rental properties, and we we talk to her about what we're doing with the rental properties. So, you know, the rents coming in. So, come on, Marley, let's let's go online and see who paid rent. Um, and you know, this is we might take for example whatever the the equivalent of the amount of rent is in her math materials and try to show her this is how much we're getting this month for this place. I think we try to make the practical life part of Montessori um, apply to all parts of life, if that makes sense. Um, so everything that we're doing, we're doing it with her and she's involved in it. And it's a part of her, her school day.
0: I think Maria Montessori has been really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you also mentioned that your daughter has a sensory processing disorder. So how have you tailored
1: her learning to support that difference? We are still learning. Um, Yeah, we are still learning. Things like, um, for example, you know, she's at the age, she's four. So there are typically people who will do lots of songs and music and things like that she doesn't like that. You know, she can't handle the noises and the the kind of high-pitched sounds that come with like some of the preschool music. So we have a mostly quiet work day when we're at school or work. Um, another thing is like cues for, you know, transition time. Sometimes there'll be, you know, something audible for that, or maybe the lights are changing. I can't do that with Marley because the the sudden like disruption in her environment, whether it's visual or auditory, that is very disruptive for her. Um, and it causes her a lot of just like stress and anxiety. So we don't do those kind of things. Um, another one is a big one I think for for the Montessori folks is touching. Like typically to get the child's attention when you absolutely you know need to transition or you need to interrupt them. You might lightly tap them On the shoulder, Um, we are big on you know consent and asking permission, and we know that for Marley, um, different types of touch can bother her, and so I I don't touch her. I might just raise my hand in front of her and try to get her attention. So we really just try to give her whatever she's telling us that she needs. Um, Of course, now she she has more words and she can express things a little better, so she can say, for example. You know, there's a lawnmower outside. It's too loud. I can't concentrate. And she'll go get her noise-canceling headphones. It's a, it's evolving. It's an ever-evolving process, I think. For us.
0: so decluttering, it seems like these Montessori spaces are always so <laughs> thoughtfully, you know, procure, procured and displayed. And mm-hmm. I know my home doesn't look like that, but you know, decluttering and kind of keeping the home environment actually more minimalist feels like a never-ending task. How
1: Mm -hmm. do you fall on this? Mm -hmm. Um, I have, Marley has deemed it the pack-up room. um, And that is the room where I keep all of her school supplies. They're supposed to be organized and tidy and very Montessori-ish. They are not, um, they are literally just all over the floor, um, have things in piles. It's just, it's not Instagram worthy. Um, her classroom is though. her bedroom is, um, you know, I, that's also one of the things that I've, I've had to let go. I can't do all the things, um, although I, I would like to. Um, so we have, you know, certain areas that are always going to be perfectly clean, kitchens and bathrooms. That's, that's the rule. Um, at the end of the night, we, we do what we can to tidy up the spaces. Um, every now and then, of course, it, it gets out of hand. Life happens. Um, this is a perfect example. You know, a dog was sick. I haven't slept. She hasn't slept. And so the house is, of course, quite a mess because we haven't put anything up when we finished using it. Um, and this morning, she said something like, I don't have any room to do my work. I don't have any room to play. I can't find, you know, this, I can't find that, I can't concentrate. And so I use that as an example to say, well, maybe if we clean up and reset the room, you'll be able to think clearly. You know, your your space is a reflection of how you feel. Let's make it feel or look the way you want to feel. And we cleaned up and she's like... I have space now, you know, she's laying in the middle of the floor with her arms and legs stretched out and she's like, I can breathe and I can play. And so it's it's really just a teaching moment. You know, I'm more focused on her learning how to live her life um, and how to have balance than I am with making sure it looks picture perfect all the time.
0: And then can you walk me through, I'm so curious, what is the rhythm of a typical day for you, Nikki, that you you know work, educating Marley, where does your partner fit in? How does it all line up?
1: So my husband, he just can't be really hands-on during the day um, just because of the nature of his work. Um, so it's, it's basically all me. Um, he does come down for mealtimes with us um, and we'll have breakfast together. Um, that's a really big part for us. If we don't eat together and she doesn't have us, you know, sitting at the table without my phone, without my laptop, then she's, it's like she's kind of craving that, that physical connection um, throughout the day. And so I have to give her that time. In the, what we've done this summer is we typically spend the morning outside. That's when we like go to the park or the zoo or whatever it is that we're gonna do. And then we come in for the afternoon and have our work cycle. Um, So I'm really digging in with work and she's doing her thing from the shelf. Um, Typically, I will give her like two presentations or two lessons a day, and there may be not even five minutes each of me actually demonstrating something for her. Um, And then the rest of the time, she's just kind of working on her own, and I'm observing, taking notes, and doing my own work. Um, At the end of the afternoon, usually around three o'clock, we stop the school and work for the day, and we We do our chores, so that would be our practical lifetime, and that's when we're cleaning the bathrooms in the kitchen, getting the beds ready for nighttime, making sure that everything is reset and ready for the next time we need it. Um, And then we we typically make dinner together, and at five o'clock until her bedtime, that's family time. My husband comes downstairs, he's done working, they hang out, Um, I have some time to do a little bit of work by myself, um, and then we just you know, go on with our night and start over the next day.
0: What an inspiring environment you've created for Marley and your whole family. It's got to feel really good.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, I, I should probably stop and take a minute to feel it because um, honestly, I'm just typically running and trying to make sure all the parts are working together. That I, I don't really take time to see you know, what we're doing here. So thank you for saying that.
0: I I mean I can't help but be Emotional right now because I saw your most recent Instagram post that you spent time living in a homeless shelter as a child. Mm-hmm. And so, how does that experience inform this home life that you've created for Marley?
1: Um, it it's really the inspiration for everything. Um, I we were chronically homeless when I was a kid, um, and even until I was a young adult. Like I think the last time I experienced homelessness was my sophomore year of college. Um, And so it's still, you know, very fresh and very new for me to be on the other side of the poverty line. Um, And it's, it takes reminders for me that, a lot of reminders, that it would take a lot of really bad things happening for Marley to have those kind of experiences. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just making sure that she has a home that is nice and safe and, pretty you know like literally nice to look at it's something that's really important to me but it's also something that's challenging to me Um, for example we moved into our new home It's not new anymore we moved here in 2018 we have yet to decorate um, anything other than like marley spaces um, because it still feels so it feels so new um, and it feels kind of scary to spend like Good money on nice furniture and you know things that, for me at least, have always been a privilege and a luxury. Um, And it's something that I want to do. Is something that I'm I'm still pushing through and struggling with. Um, But I want her to have nice things in her space. Um, I just have to figure out how to make myself comfortable with giving them to her.
0: You are such an inspiration, Nikki, on so many levels. (laughs) I've loved this conversation with you. Is there anything else that we've missed that you want to share?
1: So what I hear a lot of from parents on social media is that they feel like they can't do any Montessori at home because, you know, everybody has these nice, fancy materials that are really expensive or, you know, they don't have the time or they don't know where to start. Um, I just want people to feel like they can do it. You can absolutely do it. You can absolutely DIY some materials or not. You know, you don't need numberized to teach your kid how to count. You have fingers and toes, you know, you have spoons in the drawer, you have things around the house that you can use. Montessori is really about just allowing your child to be part of the environment in which your child lives in and living through that environment. So, you know, if you're the kind of parent that's got to take your kid to work with you, your kid can learn how to do what you're doing. And that counts as learning too. You know, they're zero to six, they're absorbing their environment. So as long as you're engaging with them, they're learning something. And just really want people to feel you know, empowered to, if they want to adopt this lifestyle, that they can adopt it.
0: Nikki, yeah, thank you so much for all this encouragement. You've made this feel so accessible and possible for so many more of us uh, through this episode. So it's been such a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. You can find Nikki
0: Johnson on Instagram at cultured underscore Montessorian. Learn more about Montessori teachings on the Love Every blog at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening.